hey folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you're listening to Horrible Horror, Tough Guy, So Bad, It's Scary! What's up, Moon Goons? Welcome to Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. Movies so bad they're scary. I'm your host, Mr. Marshall Hampton. With me is my co-host, my buddy, Mr. A.A. Ron Southworth. How you doing, A.A. Ron? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, big shout out to Hacksaw Jim Duggan again for the uh, intro. I love that. It's so much fun. It, it is cool awesome. meeting him. But uh, yeah, man, I'm doing good. It's uh, unseasonably warm here today in St. Louis. It is. It's like... in the mid 60s 70s 70s yeah it's gonna be like, like this all week it's like, like what 74 and people still don't believe in global warming right climate <laughs> well, climate change yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it's february we're in shorts i saw a guy walk around in like a wife beater and like like super shorts yeah today. man i like, saw a guy like walking two dogs he was wearing tank top and shorts <laughs> yeah it's like you in know, february like, jesus christ uh so yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, we are back with another awful, horrible movie. Uh, but before we get into that movie, uh, we have a little housekeeping to do with our horrible horror March movie madness, if you will. Um, our first four brackets need to be finalized so we can figure out who's moving on. And just to uh, apologize, we've both been really lazy and not posting stuff on social media. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we we forgot to post these or just. Kept putting it off. That's what I did. Just kept putting it off. And I know that's what you've been doing. Off, I, I, I've been busy off. with my little uh, five-month-old daughter who's keeping me insanely busy. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, but So, yeah, we kind of dropped a ball on this one, but we're going to try to get better about it. But, so what we're going to do is we're just going to settle this uh, between us for this round. Like men. Like men. Uh, and if you dis- disagree with us, then, you know, send something in and let, let us know. know. Um, but first up is our first battle is between Bloody Bloody Bible Camp and humanoids from the deep which is worse yeah remember that's the key which one is worse uh because we're looking for the worst of the worst for the last year uh this God. is a little kind of a tough this, this, is, this is a tough really one to start off really with. tough this is one of the toughest ones i thought was in i think this is like one of the toughest ones in the whole there's some good there's some really tough first round matchups i even think the next bracket is pretty tough too oh, but uh man. bloody blade bible camp and humanoids from the deep you ask me which one do i want to watch right now I'd want to watch Humanoids from the Deep, so I'm going to say Bloody Bloody Bible Camp was the worst. Was the of worst. The two. Um, yeah. See, I'm torn. Like, it's hard because if, if we split, then we're like, well, what the fuck do we do? Because uh, there's only two of us, and we don't have a tiebreaker. I know, I know, because, but it was so ridiculous. Uh, Humanoids from the Deep was so ridiculous. It was great. Yeah, you loved that movie. I did. I really. I, did. I originally said so bad, it's scary, but because of it, my enthusiasm, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he did make a fan. We had you know fucking Jim, who you don't fuck you don't fuck around Jim. Oh, Johnny Eagle, Johnny. <laughs> I mean, just... uh, and I I hate to say it because you know uh, Vito Tribuco was so nice enough yeah, to sit, come hey. on and talk about the movie with us. Uh, but I think he's a good sport about it too. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to say 
Bloody Blade Bible Camp is worse of the two, but barely. It's still a fun movie to watch. Yeah, like, it's absolutely. So worth it's, 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 I mean, we both, I think, said so bad it's good. You know, we both enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, but Vito Tribuco, you know, was we had an interview with him. He's a great sport, a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know, watch the movie. It's Plus, a, it has Ron Jeremy is Jesus. So yeah, I mean, yeah, come awesome. on. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, exactly. Ron Jeremy. Maybe we should start saying that instead of Jesus Christ. Yeah, huh? Ron, Ron Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> oh, Jer- Ron Jeremy. Damn it. <laughs> uh, all right. So bracket number two, we have Tourist Trap and Camp Dread. Uh, both of these, in my opinion, were absolute awful. Um, I you know I'll go, I'll go with my phone. It's hard for me because Camp Dread was definitely more modern, so it looks nicer. So you get you found that travel. Oh well, it looks nicer, so it's probably a better movie. Mm-hmm. Not the case. That one was so disappointing in so many ways that it was. And like you know Daniel Harris, Eric Roberts, you know names. Yeah, but, but they were just phoning in for the paycheck. Uh, I hate it. I am actually gonna cast my vote for Camp Dread being worse. I I'm right there with you because Camp Dread was fucking awful i mean just just awful tourist trap they tried yeah you know like i and thought they had I, some I, really... I thought, i'm surprised to say because i thought this was gonna be another difficult one because tourist trap is awful too mm-hmm. but for the time it was made it was they were trying something different it was definitely original it was definitely original there were some really creepy factors to it, it had some creepiness mm-hmm. and you guys i mean the chuck connors was actually pretty awesome in that he yeah. was really good yeah so, plus oh. uh babes Babes, you know, uh, yeah, uh, what's Charlie's her name? Angel, uh, the Charlie uh, Angels chick. Yeah. Uh, God, what was her name? I remember her I name. The her name. Yeah, but she was hot in it. Um, <laughs> moving on. All right, so that was quick and easy. Matchup number three, we have Jersey Shore Massacre taking on Street Trash. Now, to me, this is an easy one. Oh man! Afterward, <laughs> <laughs> to me, Street Trash is by far worse. But Street Trash I would, is so weird. It is weird, but I, I could not. I would wa- rather watch Jersey Shore Massacre a hundred times in a row than watching Street Trash again. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, That's I a bold statement. Yeah. As I look at the Viper, uh, <laughs> our Tenafly ten Viper, Viper behind, behind us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm also gonna have to go with Street Trash. Street you know, Trash, I moving mean, on. Yeah, I mean, because it was it was worse than Jersey Shore. Uh, Jersey Shore Massacre. Because Jersey Shore Massacre was pretty fun. Yeah, you know, I mean, as far as a horror movie go, horror movie goes. I mean, and plus, was, you know, they they knew what they were doing. They were making yeah, fun. Yeah, they of the knew Guido, exactly Jersey what they were doing. They there. were having a good time yeah. with it. Yeah, it was it was it was good. All right, the last one. Um, this is where we had episode forty eight taking on episode forty nine, uh, where we have Jason goes to hell. Our, which was our live show, mm-hmm. uh, taking on Nick Nolte's masterpiece, The Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> oh, uh, Ginger Dead Man. Far worse. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, Jason Girl still sucked, in yeah, my it opinion. Sure did. But it, he had some awesome <laughs> kills. suck as bad as <laughs> Ginger, Ginger Dead, Dead Man. man. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty easy. So, uh, all right, awesome. Uh, that was that was pretty easy. Now we really need to get the moon goons in on this. We need to start posting these because I'd really like to see. I love get some other people's opinions. Yeah, but the, I might, the thing I worry about is yes, our moon goons who listen to the show are great, but I don't know how many of them actually watch the movies along with us. Because hell, we're telling them don't watch these movies. <laughs> well, some of them were saying some don't them, watch them. Yeah, other um, ones were saying you know watch like like Vito Tribuca's bloody 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 Bible camp. Watch that movie. It's a good movie. Also, watch Humanoids from the Deep and <laughs> knock yourself silly laughing because yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> um, so, speaking of all right, our next four matchups, we'll get into. Hopefully, you have those posted up starting. I'll try to get to those Monday or, you know, start fresh in the week. Um, all right, today is Monday. I'm, I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're recording normally a, a day or two later than we normally do, so it threw me off. Uh, next matchup, we have uh, Phantasm 
taking on Camp Massacre. <laughs> uh, then we have Charlie's Farm going up against I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. Christ. Then we have, and this, again, remember, this was complete random poll, but it's funny how this worked out. We have the Battle of the Cheerleaders going. We have <laughs> Spirit Camp taking on Cheerleader Camp, Cheerleader Camp to the death. Uh, and then finally, our last one for this this round is Earth Day taking on Dahmer versus Gacy. And those are two of the shittiest of the movies that God I'm damn. surprised to see the, those go at it. I don't want round. one of them to move on or not move on. <laughs> I know they you know, both, like they both deserve to just yes, they do. keep sucking. <laughs> Indeed, they do. All right. So that's coming up. To, you know, we'll, we'll probably get better about keeping on top of that. Um, now, moving on to this week's movie. This week's movie is Sorority Slaughterhouse. Um, this was a relatively new movie is, I should say, uh, it was released October 31st of 2016. So just like really new. Um, it was made in 2015, but released obviously, you know, so it's a release on Halloween. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. written by, uh, Rolfie Konifsky. And to me, that sounds like a fake name. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh. I don't know. And then, uh, da- I'm going to butcher this guy's last name, but I've seen a name before. Uh, written by, also written by, and directed by David, uh, De Butcher it. Cotio, or De, De Cotio. it's D-E-C-O-T-E-A-U, and it could be pronounced a couple different ways depending on how you want, but, uh, this, this David guy is, I guess he might have a, kind of a, somewhat of a cult following, because he's been doing directing a long time, uh, he's got 131 movies to his name as a director alone, uh, some of them we're familiar with, uh, initially the uh, the original Killer Eye, for instance, uh, which we did on the show. And then he also did several of the classic, like, cult following Puppet Master movies. And then he also did Sorority Babes and the Slime Bowl-Rama, Creepazoids as well. And then, uh, just to refresh, maybe if we didn't talk about this before, his very first 14 directorial credits, his first 14 movies, were all hardcore porn movies. And most, about 90% were all gay porn under the name David McCab. Attaboy. And he see also he's used more stage names than aliases. I, yeah. He's also used names Julian Breen. This is Nicky's word. Ellen uh Cabot, Victoria Sloan, Joseph Tennant, and Mary Crawford. This guy's got an identity crisis yeah, going on. <laughs> Big time. Kinda like it. Yeah, very interesting. But he directed The Killer Eye. Yeah. The original one. The original one. One of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> Love that movie. <laughs> yeah, so he was uh, the killer eye. Uh, which is... say, and he directed this. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's funny because I was some man, of the things he, I was he reading. Lost, he lost it, man. Yeah. He lost it because Killer Eye is a masterpiece. One of the things I was reading about uh, him is that a lot of his movies apparently have very homosexual undertones, which is perfect because Killer Eye had those two. Oh, the yeah. The two drug bros who were just put the whole movie like in bed together the, in their the boxer, boxers. The boxer bros? The boxer bros. Thank you. The boxer bros. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, now before I get to the cast, another thing that's really surprised me about this movie, like stuns me about this movie, is that the music in this movie is done by none other than Harry Manfredini, uh, if I pronounced it right. And he should be known throughout the horror world because... One, he's got 162 62 credits as a composer, but he's most famous for it because he's the, the original music score for the Friday 13th, the, 13th, the yeah. entire series, including Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X. And you can tell there's such mad, like, like when I was watching him, just like, this is so much, like, the music's so much like Friday 13th. Yeah. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, I haven't heard anywhere else, but this is incredibly influenced. And now hearing that, I'm like, 
Right when he said his name, I was like, yep, fuck, yep. there it is. Uh, exit. He's also doing, came back and did the score for the Friday 13th video game that's coming out that's getting all the huge hype and buzz. Cool. Uh, he also, that's the only reason I might buy an Xbox One. Yeah, I, I, just, I can't wait. For, I had that thing pre-ordered like months ago, long, <laughs> long, long time ago, like last summer. Uh, anyway, uh, he also did House, House 2, House 4, and The Hills of Eyes 2 as all their music as well. Uh, this movie, if you really do want to watch it, it's you can find it on Amazon. Uh, the cast... Don't do it. <laughs> uh the cast the big get in this movie is it stars uh, uh eric roberts eric roberts, eric roberts. This is his second time coming to second the show. Time on the man show. one more time and he's gonna be a hall of famer he, yeah he's gonna be he's, he's closing on ron jeremy territory yeah <laughs> well not really Jer- jerry's up like six i think yeah he's, like, he's, he's, done a, he's, he's he's closing on double digits for us God damn. <laughs> um so he's the big get but he's only on screen for like five minutes uh and then we I have even think it's five minutes really yeah I, it's, it's on screen time is really limited um and then we have jessica morris who plays Allie. now she's got 80 credits to her name she's got it was in 197 episodes of one life of the year over a five-year run that's her big thing but well, she was, on what one life to live the okay. soap opera oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, she's also in the uh, movie role models uh which was pretty funny which i think was like paul rudd and uh, uh oh yeah yeah the what's that guy uh, Stifler. Stifler. Yeah, Stifler. <laughs> Sean Williams. I think. Yeah, okay. Um, and she was in a TV episode called Sex Sent Me to the ER, which is like one of those like weird documentary movies. So she th- she's like a reenactment of some, somebody. And then she was in horror movies called Real Evil, The Dead Want Women, Venom, Decadent Evil 2, The Haunted Casino, and the upcoming movie The Sixth Friend. And was also in another horror movie with Eric Roberts called ha- Haunted Hollywood. So, and then... So that's kind of like the biggest um, girl in the movie. And then we have John Jean Louise O'Sullivan who plays Fawn. Uh, I only bring her because she's also in some funny movies, like Thirty Two Credits, and she was in two of the Puppet Master movies, more recent ones, Axis Rise and Axis Termination. She was also in the Dead Want Women, and she was in the Ginger Dead Man Three Saturday Night Cleaver, <laughs> <laughs> and she was in the movie called The Bates Haunting. Which we talked briefly about back in our Halloween episode, uh, because it's basically the exact same movie as Hollow's Eve, almost. And there's actually two movies uh, that take place at the same haunted trail that the movie's about. And this one's based on the other one that's very similar to Hollow's Eve. Uh, and then other than that, there's really nothing. Uh, oh, just one other c- connection to our show. Is uh, the girl who plays Kitty, who's a very small part of this movie, but Kitty is played by Brianna Joy Chalmer, uh, her 11 credits, one of them being Zombies. Ah. She was Amber, the, the prissy, you oh, know, rich yeah. girl. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was her in Zombies. <laughs> so, all right, all that's done. Let's jump into the movie. Um, now, before, first of all, the as of 2006, or October 22nd, right before the movie came out, 2016. The synopsis for this movie on Amazon and everywhere else you read goes as follows. A group of sorority girls with bad past, including one who just committed murder, wake up one morning to learn that they are locked inside their sorority house. What's worse is they find out that an escape murderer is in that same house. Now, that is a complete and utter lie. Nope. <laughs> this film is nothing like that never, whatsoever. Never happened. <laughs> so, because when I first read it, I'm like, oh, okay, this, this right could on. be fun. Yeah, yeah I, get, I start watching like, 
Wow, what talking the? about false advertising. What the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yes. So that said, the movie opens with Eric Roberts, who plays Dean Whitman, on the phone with some female, unknown female student that he's been banging on the side. And I gotta say, dude, Eric Roberts, you know, just him on the screen by himself talking to the to the phone, fucking nailing it. <laughs> he's hammering it home. He's it's, he's having a good time. He's acting it up. He's I I love it. This is the probably my favorite part of the movie. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm surprised by that. Uh, but anyway, so, but th- we know basically what we get is that the girl wants to end the affair and Robert, to me, is way too upset over this and starts begging and pleading with her not to. And he even starts to threaten her and her entire sorority, basically because he says the sorority girls tease and taunt men with their nubile bodies and that, you know, you can't, you can't do this to yeah, me. Yeah, I love, he's like, you just sit there and you tease us with your new bio bodies and your plump lips and sparkles in your eyes that warms <laughs> your soul like sun. And I'm like, yeah! Go, Eric Roberts. <laughs> Go. And I just like it when he goes, it's like, I've always slept with you. I've never slept with another student. Okay, yeah, except for her. She didn't mean Okay, except me. for her. And except for, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> so obviously he's been hitting a lot of the students which, strange. Yeah, which I'm going to come back to that in a second, because uh, now... Now, we, like I said, we don't see who's on the other end, but she 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 ends the affair. She's like, no, it's over. She hangs up the phone. Now, during this conversation, we keep getting shown this creepy clown doll in a clear plastic box that this girl sent him as a breakup gift. And written on the back of the box is... Um, uh, Made by voodoo priests. Yeah, vid- created by voodoo priestess Madame Petro, Louisiana, United States of America. Uh, and then... Which you, I remember. Okay, cool. That's gonna come back. That once the the reveal is made at the end of the movie, that has zero to do with this pl- this nothing. plot at all. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so after the call, Robert rips the clown. He starts talking to the clown, and uh, he rips it out of the case, tosses the case aside, and that's when he starts pull. He pulls out a goddamn revolver from his desk drawer. And basically loads it with one bullet and plays Russian roulette with the clown. Yeah, so he, he's like, he's threatening the clown. He's like, yeah, you think that's funny? Huh? Let's see if this is funny. Pulls the trigger, click. click. And then he goes, okay. It spins the chamber, puts it to his head. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> well, first of all, before that even happens, like we can tell something's off the clown. Like, it just makes zero sense when you go back and look at because the clown, he put, there's a big red button that says, you know, press me, and it talks. And at first says, hi, my name's Bobo. Let's have fun or something. Like, or I want to have fun, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, well, all right, Bobo. If you were me, what would you do in my situation? And he's like, Bobo's like, I'd kill them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, so you already think, okay, the clown's possessed or demonic already, which is a big loophole when, when we come to the right, end of the movie. Right, right. You know, I completely forgot about that part. Yeah. Uh, so, again, he, so Robert shoots himself in the head and... Uh, the blood just splatters all over the Bobo the Clown doll, covers it in the blood, and then the eyes of the doll begin to crackle and swirl with energy. Kind of this green glow. Yellowish, yeah, green glow. And it starts to subtly make very, like, very subtle, small movements. And then we hear Robert's voice, which is now supposed to be, like, the thoughts of the clown, like, inside the clown. So, apparently, Robert's spirit has transferred into the doll... Which has now made the doll come to life. Yeah. And Bobo Roberts says he wants to play and know exactly who he wants to play with. Now, we fade to black, roll the opening credits. So, before I go on to the movie, here's, my pro- here's some of my problems with the opening scene. 
one, the office is supposed to be like the dean, like the dean of a cow, like the big shot. And it's like the shittiest, smallest office I've ever seen. It's, yeah, it's, it's so tiny. It's like someone's home office. I mean, Barely. It's, it's, it's exactly yeah, what it is. It is that like, is what it is. It's a home office. Yeah. Now, if he's just at home chilling, then yeah, maybe. Yeah, but they clearly say later, oh, he was found dead in his, like, his office, his, his work office, not like his home. Uh, so I'm just thinking you think the filmmakers could find a better office to just five minutes seen in splitting hairs a little bit there, buddy. Um, so also the other thing is he's so upset about this one girl. Um, at this time and like, and I'm like, it doesn't make sense because we've already said you've been banging girls a long time on the side. Well, it that, shouldn't fucking that gets matter. Explained. This was my problem at the time. Okay, well, all right, fine, fuck it. You know what? You you just <laughs> like to rain on my parades all the time. Well, you. All right. I'm looking at the movie as a whole, not chunk by chunk by chunk. All right. Because if you're looking at it as a whole, you're like, okay. And the other thing, okay, let me, I'll skip it. The other thing is, why is he keeping a goddamn gun in his... I'm thinking, again, this is his office at work. Why does he have a gun in his work drawer? Like, what college... Where is this college at? Because, no, it is his college, the college, because they keep showing exterior shots of, like, this Spanish-looking building with all these people wandering around. Oh, that's Not right. his home. That's so right. it is this school. So I'm not wrong on that. Suck it. Hey, I didn't say you're wrong. I said maybe. <laughs> I said maybe. Come on. Also... Uh, he when he realizes that he's trapped in the clown doll, he's insanely like calm about it. He's not like, "What the fuck's happening?" Oh yeah. my god, what happened? He's like, "All right, he's I like, guess I'm a clown now." This feels good. <laughs> it's just, it's just weird. It, there's so many wrong with it. So after the crash, we go to the Delta Pi sorority house, which is like always the most generic name for every sorority in these movies. Like, you gotta have pie in there. It's always Delta Pi. Yeah, pie this, pie that, pie pie. Um, so and we're. Nearly pretty much all the girls have left for spring break. And only a handful have stayed behind for various reasons, for whatever. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, the sorority house is a goddamn multi-million dollar mansion, uh, which, has, which has its own private tennis courts and pool. And it seems to be on a tropical island because we keep getting shots yeah! of the sandy yeah! beach light of palm trees. <laughs> what is that? This, this, we're in a sorority. They're, like in the, they're supposed to be in California, like L.A. area because we see sure. the L.A. skyline. Yeah. But now there's like this sorority house like saying like in the Bahamas somewhere. Right. Where is this college at? Why am I not going there? Yeah. Uh, UCLA, I think, is close to the beach. But, I mean, god damn. Yeah, that's so crazy. Cal, Cal, that, looks, that looks like, like you said, like Bahamas. Like yeah. The tropics. That is not a California beach. I mean, right. It's like it's like the Lost Island or, or Jurassic Park <laughs> Island. So like it's just it's just beautiful, mm. like picturesque. There should be like na- topless natives walking around. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> um. So the first two girls we meet are Vicky slash Victoria and Fawn. Now Vicky is kind of like the hot bitchy one, uh, and Fawn at first comes up to as like the kind of girl next door type. Uh, we find out Fawn's boyfriend Marcus is supposed to be coming by to help her pack so she can leave tomorrow. Well, Vicky isn't leaving till Tuesday, so it doesn't matter. Uh, we cut to poolside where Bobo is sne- sneaks in and he's hiding behind a uh, like a planter or something, and he says, "Like, get ready for the greatest show on earth." And- this line, this movie is filled with puns. It's well, bad lines. Yeah, it's, I don't. I like puns. I don't mind puns, but I got a problem right off the bat when I see like okay. what's happening. Like, I thought maybe there'd be an adjustment because the opening scene, you have the stationary doll, he shoots himself in the head, blood splatters on it, and then it's like, okay, well, you're just kind of keeping that theme of the doll. This doll doesn't do a fucking thing. No, it does not. Doesn't do a goddamn thing. Not no at all. No animatronics. No. 
you know, I, I thought maybe there was a little bit of hope in the opening scene when its eyes glue. Yeah, that's the glow best green. effect to do. That's with the, the only computer graphic. That's the only special effect, like computer graphic special effect in the entire Mo- movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, the the clown effects. I had a bunch of clowns in there. It was they're awful. It's just. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I can't! I can't! I can't! It basically just a guy holding the dowel off camera, like by the feet, and just like wiggling, wiggling it. back and yeah. forth. That's <laughs> it. Fuck. <laughs> so now we meet Kitty, who is sunbathing uh, poolside, and Nina, who's like the cute bookworm nerdy girl. Uh, Vicky gives Kitty some shit for sunbathing, and Nina shit for like reading uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. You got a which... thing for Nina? I did kind of think I, I like it. Nina. I knew it. I know your type. I was like, yeah, this is Marshall's girl. Yeah. Um, uh, which Vicky calls porn. Oh, and um, Vicky also during this game makes a Britney Spears "Hit Me Baby One More Time" reference, which I find very odd and dated for a movie that was made and released in fifteen came out twenty sixteen. I mean, that's nineteen years after that was a hit song. Whoa, 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 whoa. 19 years? 19 years. That came out in 1998. I did the research on that. Fuck, I'm old. Yeah. 19 years after the song came out. They're well, making a... Britney Spears is still relevant. She's still... Ish. But, yeah. that, but that song is like... It's just a weird thing to like for this 19 years after to make reference that mute that song. 19 uh, years? Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. Ugh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Okay. Uh, I mean, we're coming up on our 20th high school reunion like next year, dude. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So, um, that song is old enough to fucking vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go off into war for his country and yep. die. You know? <laughs> uh, so, I, well, we already talked about. Uh, yeah, I like Nina. I also like the way that the actor Alexia Quinn portrays her and delivers the line. I thought she did a really good job. I agree. As Nina. Yeah, yeah. Because she's bookwormy. She's got a little stutter, but not bad. Not like do do do. I didn't even call you know, it. It's it more like, like a, a it's, nervous it's kind like, of. Yeah, like nervous mm-hmm. kind of. Like, ah, like yeah, it's. I really like Nina in this movie. Um, uh, and also all these girls look great in their bikinis. They're all super hot, with great bodies. It doesn't matter. Kitty girl. Woo. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> Um, after some more dialogue spiced with cheesy puns and one-liners from Bobo, uh, we cut to one of the bedrooms in the house. This is where we meet Allie, who turns out to be really into black magic and looks like she's 36. Uh, and maybe that's because Jessica Morris was 36 when she shot this movie. Yeah. I... <laughs> so we have a 36-year-old playing basically a 20, 21-year-old who doesn't quite look that. I mean, she she still looks good, but you can tell. She, she looks great for a 36-year-old. Yeah. But she's not... She's not a sorority babe. No, she should be like the house mom at this point. Yeah, she's not a sorority babe. Um, so she's like sitting in her boom. She's got a pentagram on the floor and room's all letting candles. And she's reading a book about how to summon like some demon mother or something like that. Uh, in comes Fawn, and who's like, oh, like, hey, Allie, what you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm just trying to contact the Dark Lord to release me from this black hell knows my life. Any luck and rock my world. And so basically, Allie wants Satan to fuck her or something. <laughs> or kill her. Or, kill or her. make her strong. Or who knows what she wants. She's just very aloof about the whole black magic thing. Yeah, she is. She's, you know? Which, in a way, it kind of grows. I mean, it's, she's like, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it is, yeah. it's fun and light. she doesn't take it too seriously. It seems. No, she really doesn't. Yeah. No. Um, so Fawn wants to know if Allie's planning on leaving for a spring break or if she's, like, staying in the house, you know, what's going on. And then I, Allie, I think, jokingly says, it depends on how the ritual turns out. 
If it works, she'll be infused with the immense power, and she'll go on a little romp of destruction around Eastern Europe and maybe destroy England. Uh, I don't know. I'm keeping my options open. That's yeah. a response. So I'm like, it's, I can't. It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. kind of fun. So they talk some more, and we learn that all this, uh, uh, this black magic thing is all because Allie just apparently got dumped supposedly by Cliff. By Cliff. Back outside, Richard now shows up, cannonballing into the pool. The water gets on Kitty, who goes up, gets upset. She goes upstairs and leaves. Because she doesn't want the chemicals of the chlorine on her skin. Yeah, so and they even mentioned this too. The girl who's soaking up the direct rays is worried about her skin getting touched with chemicals from chlorine. Yes, and they do make kind of like, "What do you do? You're you're in the <laughs> sun, directly in the heat, like the UV rays. Yeah. And now you're worried about chlorine. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so Bobo's still watching behind the planter. Vicky rips off Richard's swim trunks, and they they like, whatever. Um, <laughs> Seeing this, they're playing flirty, flirty, whatever. Yeah, yeah and again, so Bobo again says, "Climb around, huh? I'll show you how it's really done later." But first, and then the camera pans over to Nina, still reading her book. He runs underneath her feet. She feels it. She looks down, but he's gone. He's and Bobo gone. like runs for the front door or something. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> I apologize for that. Nina gets up. As Vicky tosses Richard's swim trunks onto one of the poolside loungers. And this, again, we kind of, I like a Nina, little Nina mm-hmm. scene here. Uh, Richard's like, hey, Nina, can you throw us back? And Vicky's like, don't you dare throw him back. So Richard's like, fine, but I'm not going to be doing one naked. He goes after Vicky and rip off her swimsuit. Uh, and once, <laughs> this is weird, though. It's really odd. But what, as soon as Richard turns away from Nina, she quickly grabs his trunks and smells them. And then puts them back and scurries off. Like a little child, which is just really fucking weird to me because most of, like you know know about like the panty sniffers out there, which are like ninety nine percent guys, you know, all sniffing panties and all that who are into that. But I've never known of like heard of a girl or who's like into sniffing dude's swim trunks. Hey man, maybe people are into that kind of like you know, funky nutsack smell. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody out there. It's just it's it's like a weird role reversal, re, role reversal type thing. Well, when I went to Thailand and I was uh, dating my, my okay, wife. Thailand don't count. Thailand's just a bunch no, 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 no. of craziness. I, I, you know, I wore a pair, like my, my pajamas I gave into Melissa and she said that she liked wearing them when I was gone because she could still smell me. So, I don't know. That's a little different I get though. that girls wearing guys shirts because they smell like them, but I don't see your wife like... Like inhaling deeply from the crotch of your pants. God, if she does, I really have to reconsider what's happening with my life. Nah, that's fine. So <laughs> she can sniff my pants. So my, 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 I don't wear panties, but what's happening? Whatever. What's happening? The, the male equivalent. So we go back to Fawn Alley. They're still talking in the room, and this leads to a lesbian kiss that freaks Fawn out. She rushes out of the room, bumps into Kitty in her towel. And Kitty tells her that the shower isn't working properly again, so she has to take a bath, blah, blah, blah. It's just setting up shit. Um, Bobo runs up the stairs, but really more like he struggles. This is the one time we see, like, he... The camera work doesn't flow here, because the camera is, like, a first-person view, and it's zooming real quickly. But then when we see Bobo on the stairs, he's, like, struggling to climb up just one stair. But then the POV shot, it's, like, zooming along. And the entire... These are long scenes. These like it's like a minute long shot of seeing Bobo walk around. Yeah, and, and there's a there's a lot of a lot it. of there's, there's a lot so of much. Oh my god! And while he's walking and running around, it's the same fucking sounds over again. He's like, yes, it is. It's annoying. Oh, I wanted to fucking stab my ears. 
yeah, wanted to shove things into my whatever was nearest, just just kill myself. No, I I, I hundred percent agree with you on that. Oh. The the sounds were just basically looped over and over again. Really annoying. And then also, if you think about it, this guy starting to be sneaky around to kill him, going around running around laughing like a chimp or something like is kind of blows your cover. And it's constant throughout the whole movie. It is constant. Whenever he's they're doing a POV shot, which they do a lot of. Like I said, I think they just need filler. Like they just <sighs> went out. Okay, let's we'll throw more Bobo POV around. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Anyway, so we are talking about Momura. He finally reaches the top, and he heads into the bathroom. And God Almighty, we've already talked about this. The effects are so bad of him moving around and walking. I mean, it's it is it's downright childish. And all I can yeah. do, all I did at this point was just basically face palm and laugh because I was like, <laughs> like, all right, all right, this is what we're in for. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, all right, this is it. Um, so Allie pops into the bathroom saying she needs to use the key. Like, use the one downstairs. Allie leaves. Kitty notices that the Bobo. Dow standing in the sink, and even though Allie Kitty just saw Allie enter and leave, who clearly didn't have anything with her, she's like, "Oh, Allie, you left your clown doll." I'm like, "Really? Come like you? It's just it's just a lame writing excuse. Like you clearly Mm -hmm. know she didn't have a clown doll, and it wasn't there when you came into the bathroom. Like, really, bitch? God damn it! Yeah. Um, but she trails off. She goes over to picks it up. She pushes his red button, and, Bo- and Bobo Roberts is like, let's play. He's like, oh, play with yourself. I'm busy. He sets him down on the counter next to the, a hair dryer, goes into her bath, get her bath ready. Uh, Roberts, Bobo Roberts says some more pervy lines about Kitty. Uh, Kitty drops style, gets in the tub, but unfortunately, there's no nudity in this movie. You don't get to see anything. Yes. Which is there very disappointing. There is no nudity. There's no. You, it basically, the best I can't in girls sorority is, slaughterhouse. I know. Like you think this would be just filled with tits and stuff. Let but. me say it again, <laughs> for those of you who may not have heard it. There's no nudity, <laughs> no boobs, no butts, not even side boobs. I was just about to say that. Not even side boobs. Nothing in mm. sorority slaughterhouse rated R. Yep. The Fuck be- yeah, the best you. you- <laughs> God damn it. That's so frustrating. <laughs> the best you get is the girls in their bikinis, uh, which they look great in, but that's, sure, that's all yeah, I guess. But that's, God no, I agree with you. Like, come on. You sh- there should be boobs in this. God damn it, guys. Come uh, on. So uh, we cut the fawn meeting Marcus outside. He pulls up. They chat. They kiss a bit. That's it. It's just a introduction to Marcus. Uh, back in the bathroom, Kitty's relaxing in her bathtub while Bobo Roberts watches and makes, like, lustful. Like, How many times did you hear this sound? Ooh. Yeah. Over and over. Ooh. Oh, it's like they had it. Like, they had that just that one sample. It yeah. wasn't like him going, ooh, ah, uh, ooh. Uh, it's ooh. And you hear it all throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> it really bothered me. <laughs> I, I can see that. Uh, so Bobo tries to throw the hairdryer into the tub, but the cord isn't long enough, and it, it lands harmless on the floor. But hearing the crash, Kitty sits up, looks around, and Bobo like scurries like the hide underneath like the ledge of the tub, like, out of, below her line eyesight. She's right. I mean, the, the 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 tub and the vanity is maybe three feet apart, if that. Yeah, it's really so, close together. Even if the clown's gone and ran away, wouldn't you be like, how the fuck did the goddamn hairdryer wind up on the floor? Yeah. It doesn't just jump off. Nope. Plus, if he was trying to kill her, he'd have to turn it on to have a killer. Because if it was off, it'd just go bloop, and that's it. You know, you got to turn that shit on, man. That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, it's plugged in. So, you know, I wasn't even thinking about it if it was turned on or off. 
Like as long as it's plugged in, I guess. But whatever. But still, I mean, it was. It's she just kind of goes, huh? Whatever, and goes yeah, back to. I do agree. Yeah, I, your point about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's to like maybe it's like okay the story house is haunted oh it's just our ghost she's throwing <laughs> shit around we, we we're used to it she, she keeps putting her legs in the air over. oh oh my god that's my next <laughs> note that's my next note I have that oh my god because... <laughs> you you run with it baby go with yeah it. I forget where it is in here but I did that and there's so notes because the entire bath all she does. All she's doing is like rubbing, sticking her leg like straight up in the air, like, being sexy, being putting sexy her... and just rubbing her leg up and down. It's like, oh yeah, like sexy not, she's leg. not even like a loofah or a water. No. She's just like rubbing her leg, and then up she'll and down. put one down and throw the, the other, other one up. up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy cow! Oh, so <laughs> that's the sexiest bath. Yeah, no, there you rubbing her legs. Yeah, she loves her legs. So. The hairdryer didn't work, so Bobo now picks up a, sh- uh, a shaving razor, drops it in the bath, but he's like, she instantly finds it and puts it aside. Like, like, I, I didn't understand that. I I didn't get it either. So then know. he grabs, like, a fucking Venus razor or yeah, whatever. It, yeah, basically a Venus. That's a great And he yeah. tosses it in the tub where it goes, pladoop, yeah. and she goes, what's that? Picks it up. It's like, ow. I guess she cut herself. Wouldn't she she, also even, be... she didn't even cut herself. She just picked it up. There was no... Wouldn't you also be alarmed that... All of a sudden, something flew into your bathtub. Ugh. Well, I didn't have much problem with that because he, the razor was on, like, the corner of the tub, like, right there. And, you know, when, I, I could say yeah. maybe it, it slides in on its own. It's happened. Uh, but I do agree with the fact that she picks up, sets aside immediately. And the, I swear the only reason this even happens is to set up this stupid line about Bobo saying, oh, that could have been a nasty prick, but not as nasty as me. That's uh, the only yeah. thing. It's, it's to set up that line. a shitty line. That's the, that's exactly what it's the only thing I think of because there's no point You're right. to that yeah. other than just to set that line up. Uh, so Kitty then covers her face with a washcloth. She lays back down. Bobo scampers over to the cabinet under the sink and gets out a bottle of Drano, or in this case, Drainy. And which which makes, is clearly a Drano yeah. bottle with a Y taped over the O. It's not even a Y because if you look at it, they take it's just they taped over everything except the DR because the A has one of those like that I forget what it's called but that that line above it so it's a, it would be it would be pronounced Dranny but it's got that that punctual that weird grammar thing so it'd be Drainy uh, but yeah it, but you can clearly see the outline of the sticker they just slapped on this bottle it's really funny looking at how cheap this it's, thing looks it's ridiculous uh, so Bowie sneaks up to Kitty. Pours the draino drainy down her open mouth. She chokes and gags, tries to struggle. The best part is all being that you can tell that she's doing all the work, holding the bottle and the bobo clown to, in her hands uh, to make it look like he's doing this. But in reality, she's basically just killing herself. This is one of the worst deaths. We've seen a lot of bad deaths. This one was in competition. Really? Oh, it's a strong competitor. Yeah, a strong competitor. <laughs> this one's going to the you know championship rounds. You know, it's a top five contender. God damn, it's bad. <laughs> it is pretty bad. Um, and okay, how much does Bobo weigh? It, well, he's a twelve-inch clown doll, so I'm guessing maybe a pound, right? Hauling <laughs> yeah. around an eighty ounce. Yeah, the things Bobo was able to pick up and lift and use are. He's like, it would be like an ant. Like, he's got to strike yeah. an ant. Yeah. Just pick up things like five times his weight and size. Just like, <laughs> flings them around. Because <laughs> it even showed it was an 80-ounce bottle. 
Did it say 80 ounces? 80 ounces on <laughs> okay. it. I didn't see that, but I, I, that's hilarious. Which has got to be like around five pounds. Probably, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so after she's finally dead, Bobo Roberts spurts out another one uh, liner. Now that's what I call a clean, clean kill. kill. He then rushes off. The camera focuses on the bottle of Drainy on the tub. Now there is something made majorly off about this shot that I noticed. Um, now, first of all, the tub was completely full of water, and uh, when she was killed, and now it's com- nearly completely drained of water. So how, I don't know how that happened. Plus, there's blood all along the like the corners of the tub, even though there is zero blood in right. the kill itself. There's no blood in the scene at all. And oh yeah. Kitty's body oh, yeah. has also There's magically no disappeared. Body. The body's gone. <laughs> the, like, where the hell did the body go? <laughs> so, back outside, both Marcus and Richard are sitting on the edge of the hot tub, drinking beer with Vicky. They're both, like, flirting with her. Um, now, and this is weird, because Marcus is supposed to be Fawn's boyfriend, but he's, like, clearly, like, oogling. He's staring right at Vicky's tits. I mean, straight up, he's flirting with her. Um, Vicky's loving the double attention. She's, she's all about it. Meanwhile, Fawn's laying out. Uh, doesn't seem to care about this happening at all, even though she she's clearly not too sees worried it. about it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Nina's also checking out the guys, you know, all this stuff. Um, so Fawn goes over to talk to Nina about how easy it is to get a guide and to get them to do whatever you want them to do. Uh, during this conversation, Ali shows up in the background just kind of walking around doing whatever. Uh, Nina leaves to go basically write out her horniness. Like, she's like, I got to go. I have to go I, write. I got some inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and then also Fawn and Marcus also head inside. This takes us back to Boba, who's winding around the house as Nina enters her bedroom, which is the size of a fucking penthouse suite. Man, she's balling. I have seen apartments smaller than this bedroom. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. There's right? no fucking way this house, this room would be in a sorority house. And even if it was, there's no way she, there would be her. She'd be sharing that with like three or four other girls. It's in massive. A suite. It is gigantic. Uh, so Nina, like, she pulls out this like headset with a microphone on it and begins like, Type on her laptop, and, and then she starts spying out the window on Vicky and Richard making out on, like, a, a lounger by the pool. Bobo enters the room, scurries over to a pile of stuffed animals, and pulls the old, like, E.T. E.T. hiding. Yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. E.T. trick. Nina grabs her binoculars to get even better view of the makeouts. Which session. are massive binoculars. Huge. Like, what is she good? There's, like, they're, like, tactical. Like, I don't know who would use these. They're so... <laughs> like, they're, like, like, going hunting? They're, like, like, like the, uh, mini Hubble telescopes. Like, there's, like, <laughs> you could see... Fucking Saturn with these yeah, things. Yeah, these things are gigantic. <laughs> so she uh, starts dictating into her headset, like, uh, like basically like a Fifty Shades of Grey-like novel, uh, uh, while and she's almost getting herself off. Like, she's turning herself on while she's talking. She takes time to take a break, and she pulls out her trusty vibrator, Max. Uh, Which, this is a second movie recently where we've had a large pink dildo. Uh, or vibrator. Yeah, we've had like three or four movies feature. With well, we had Spirit vi- Camp. Spirit Camp had recently. one. Recently, okay, recently. Recent, yeah. Okay, I thought. Okay, um, yeah, this one's more vibrator esque, not a giant yes, fleshy yes. dildo <laughs> looking yes. thing. That Spirit Camp thing. Whoa, that thing was. <laughs> <what> God. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she gets under sheets and she starts going to town on herself. Bobo creeps up onto the bed. Uh, this whole time, everything she's saying is still being picked up by her. The uh, dictation software. Yeah. yeah so like everything dragging, she's saying so. is typing on the screen. It's coming up on the screen. Yeah. So her batteries die. 
she gets, she's like, oh, no, no, not now. She, she sits up from under her sheets and notices Bobo standing on her laptop. And again, here's another again, example. Again, she goes, how, oh, where yeah, did you come from? Why, not nearly enough confused or inquisitive or, or scared. Like, how the hell this clown doll that's obviously not hers just shows up in her room on her bed out of nowhere in, like, the 20 seconds she was under the sheets, Master Make. It's just... Yeah. Uh, Bobo's like, are you having fun yet? And, uh, looking at Nina... You uh, do a pretty good Bobo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's what to be proud of, but... So, you sound like a 12-inch doll. Yeah, so Nina's thank you. Lo- Nina's looking at Bobo, and, like, as he's talking, he's like, hmm, I have an idea. She picks him up to start looking for, like, Bobo's battery slot. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty funny. And I found yeah, I found this to be funny, actually. And Bobo's like, hey, stop that! Don't touch me there! And Nina begins to suspect that Bobo's not your ordinary clown doll now. And he tells that he's Bobo the clown, and I can rock your world! And then he starts making like, these buzzing noises with his, he's like... Yeah. Yeah, I can't do it. And so, Ma- so Nina smiles and giggles at this. She picks him back up, and instead then has of, another idea. Instead of being terrified yeah. by the fact that this clown is... Is sentient, sentient, yeah, yeah, is... <laughs> You know, basically saying, I'm going to fuck. I can fuck you. All yeah. right. So she, yeah, she picks it back up and uses Instead Bobo. Instead of being terrified, as, she gets turned on. Yeah, she uses Bobo as a vibrator. She's moaning, yelling out that this clown is the best toy ever. I tingle all over. Yeah. And again, this is all being picked up on her computer. Now, Bobo decides to kick up the power. And at first, Nina's loving it. She's like, oh, yeah. But then it becomes a bit too much for her. And also, I think Bobo goes for her ass. Because she says, hey, Bobo, where are you going? And that's when we start hearing these, like, gurgling, struggling noises. And the sheets get pulled down a bit. And we see Nina flop, flop back, dying, like, lives on the bed with blood pouring out of her mouth. Bobo speaks into the headset. He's saying, and he says, saying, uh, or shocking, folks. Kids, don't try this at home. And, again, I'm thinking, is that supposed to be, like, a reference to, like, the shocker? Like, shocker Ooh. phone. And she says, where are you going, Bobo? And he says, shocking. I'm like, I think Bobo went up that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think he yes. went up the ass. That's a bold move, Bobo. But still, this death is dog shit. Also. You know, I mean, you don't, you, you see him, like, it's funny. If they just would have left it under the sheets, I would have been probably okay with it. But they kept cutting to Bobo. Just kind of wiggling back and forth yeah. on the screen. Yeah. And like, he's, he's with no, under his sheet. He's with, just, yeah. yeah, with no Nina body part, not even a leg or anything. It's no. just him wiggling no, I, back I, and I, forth. I, was gonna, I have a big comment on that at the end of the movie. We'll talk about that. But, yeah, if you bring it up now. It's great. There's, it, this happens a lot. Like, close to Bo was, like, in a whole other, like, time and dimension than what the rest of the world is going on at the same time. Right, it's, yeah. It's um, like it doesn't match up. So, Bo will... He leaves the room, heads down the hallway. We cut the <laughs> fu- <laughs> yeah, more of that. Just ugh. uh Farn and Mark Marcus are they're talking in like the living room, and we find out that Dean Whitman apparently has been bothering Fawn for a while. Like he's been on our case for something. And but she tells Marcus that Whitman's not only been uh he's not been getting our case so much, but the whole sorority as well, that he has issues with the whole outhouse, blah blah blah. And but she's Say like outhouse? I said whole house. Okay, sound like outhouse. And uh, but she's like, hey, he's calmed down a few weeks. It's been all right for the last few weeks. So we were basically we we're just learning that there's a history mm-hmm. there, some in the past. Uh, she Marcus asks, hey, how'd you handle that? And she says, I don't want to talk about Whitman or school anymore. She changed the subject, trying to you know set, maybe like a sea of doubt, something's going on. 
they talk they talk some more and I have to say that good fucking lord Marcus Acking is fucking awful like by far he's the worst in this movie oh yeah he makes all the girls in this movie look like Meryl Streep (laughs) and now that I think about it I I think that's why they hired him so everyone else will look good by comparison well they did because he I hate Marcus so much in this movie I can't stand him I thought he was a nice guy at least (laughs) 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 there's nothing against the guy he's just a He's just a pretty face. Just a dope. Yeah, so, oh, I hate him so <laughs> a, much. I hate he's, him. He's a bimbo. He's <laughs> a bimbo. He's a male bimbo. Well, not, Richard is more the male bimbo kind yeah, of. Yeah, but, no, but Richard's got more wit. He's funnier. Richard Richard's actually like, is the better character. Yeah, I mean. He's a sm- so much smaller part, but he's by far the much better character he's and got, a better actor. He, by far, yeah. And this was this guy's, Richard, the guy who plays Richard, this was his very first movie. His This was his debut. While Marcus had a few other things to his name, nothing really, barely anything much, but not his first rodeo, and he was mm. awful. So anyway, this the, finally the scene ends. We go back to Bobo scampering around the house uh, along another shot, some tropical island beach <laughs> coastline, and we go back to Vicky and Richard who are still making out on the uh, poolside lounger. They've been, they've been slowly making out for a long time. Yeah, they, they if you take like think about how much time passes. This. They've been, they make up for like probably a good 30, 40 minutes on this lounger. <laughs> She's like still in that same pose. Yeah. Uh, we see Allie approach and interrupt the makeout session. Richard leaves the go to pee, and Vicky and Allie exchange some catty words back and forth. Uh, Annie with Allie teasing Vicky that she's going to put a curse on her boobs, which Vicky, of course, takes offense to, uh, saying, You better not. These boobs are perfect as is. Don't you dare. If you so much as tweak a nipple, I'll, I'll bury, bury you. <laughs> Which, like, I kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> so Richard then enters the bathroom where Kitty was killed. Very important fact. Kitty was killed because uh, we can clearly see the hair dryer still on the floor. Yeah. But, you know, there's no blood on the sink. And no the body, body obviously no body, disappeared. And so. there's no water in the tub. So he finds Bobo in the sink with water dripping on him. Richard picks Bobo, picks him up, dries him off. And Bo, you know, he says some more stupid lines. Which he's pushing the button. He thinks it's funny. Yeah. Uh, Richard carries him over and places him on the tank of the toilet while he pees. Bobo spouts off some more sarcasm stuff. I don't need to see this. Yeah, there that's it. Uh, now, in the kitchen, Fawn's kind of a cucumber while talking to Marcus. And God, this scene sucks so bad. He, Marcus, again, he ruins everything he's into for me. <laughs> like, I, every time Marcus on screen, I just was like, no, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a problem with them. He just—he's like a dumb Labrador. You're just but like he's so boring and mocked. Like he's trying to like do this like sex, sexy like whisper with every single line he talks. He says he's like, "Well, I was just gonna do that for you." He's like, "What are you talking about? Oh, there's a killer clown. Okay, whatever you say, baby. Like it's it's, it's awful. Oh, there's a killer clown. Whatever you say, baby. <laughs> like, oh. It's so awful. I hate him. So anyway, Richard. Star back outside, Richard stars Vicky with Bobo. Uh, and the best thing about this scene is when Richard tells Vicky that Bobo is pretty funny because when he pushes button, he doesn't just tell jokes, he just complains. <laughs> Which I was like, all right. Uh, Vicky grabs Bobo, pushes button, nothing happens, so she pushes it seven more times. Finally, Bobo says, I'm Bobo the Clown, and I'm gonna kill you. So Vicky tosses Bobo, Richard calms her down by just kissing her. She's like, sure. Come on, baby, let's just go back to making hey, out. Calm down. Yeah. 
Uh, and I will say that Richard and Vicky's acting is not as bad. Uh, they both have both those characters have their moments. They have some decent chemistry. Yeah. You can tell that it seems at least that they have been a couple. Or like I, I thought they played off each other very well. No, they. I think mm-hmm. I would say so too. Um, and like the girl who plays Vicky, um, I, what's her name? Vicky, Vicky, Vicky. Kelly Seymour. This is like her. Only her like second movie. I, it might have been her first. I don't know, but she's only done two things. But I would, I like to see some more of her in these type of like indie horror roles. I thought she did fine for that type of character, mm. and she looks good. Uh, so the conversation goes back to Allie. Richard tells Vicky that he thinks Allie wants to be with her, and that Allie's in the girls. Again, they just end up kissing after this, uh, and they go back to Allie. They solve everything through kissing. Yeah, and they talk about Allie's boob curse and Vicky's tits. Um. Vicky invites Richard to have his way with her perfect boobs. So while Richard is kissing on her chest, Bobo comes up from behind, hits him over the head with a bat, knocking him out cold. A baseball bat a coming base- out of basically nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, because sorority girls just have baseball bats sure. and lying around. Uh, so Vicky's like, come on, don't just lay there, fondle or suckle or something. Do something with it. Yeah. And Richard's limbs by just kind of rolls off. Vicky falls on the ground. And that's when Bobo wraps one of those, like, resistance exercise bands. I thought it was a jump rope. No, it's like one of those elastic bands, like stretch bands, um, around Vicky's neck. And he uses it to, like, choke her to death. And, and again, it's yeah, a horrible, horrible death scene. Oh, it is. It's awful. It, it's, uh, I mean, it's just like you can kitties. S- like, she's got her hands underneath. So if you want to be... Let's let's unpack this a little bit. So <clears throat> she's got her hands underneath it, so she's clearly holding it off of her throat. Yeah. So she's not being strangled. Then they do a cut scene to show Bobo kind of, you know, the stationary fucking yeah, doll. Just standing there holding with the ends. two of the ends placed in its hands while she struggled, where there's clearly slack. Yes, that's my biggest thing. Like you can see how loose the score is, so it's not strangling her at all. It's and, just... and let's 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 go with a little bit of physics. How about she just stand the fuck up? Because <laughs> it weighs about out. a pound. Yeah. God damn it. The other thing is It doesn't that... matter how hard he's pulling. No. All you have to do is stand up. Or just roll to the side. I mean, Ugh. yeah. The other thing is this: these elastic bands stretch. If you already have your hand between that and your throat, uh, just push, pull out, and just pull it off your neck. The thing stretches. I mean, there's so many ways she can this get out. So it, it, bad. Yeah, it's to me this was worse than the the bathroom kill. Uh, They're all horrible. <laughs> eventually, Vicky finally dies. Bobo then picks up a handheld like air pump, like the kind you would use to inflate like a, a ball or a balloon with, and he turns his attention to Richard. Bobo slides a balloon down Richard's throat, which again, why there's a balloon just why lying around? around. Uh, with the other uh, end attached to the pump, Bil- Bobo. I almost said Bilbo. Bobo uses the pump to inflate the balloon, of course, causing it to inflate his in his throat and choke, and he suffocates to death. Again, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Because you could just bite it, or it pop because you're pulling up so much. Or I'll just send you. Or pull it out I'll, of your mouth. Yeah, you're awake. You're not restrained. Just um, pull it out. He's that, a good in shape dude. I mean, yeah. God. Yeah, it's damn this, it. now. I think about this. Might be the worst one because he's a dude just lying there taking it. All you have to do is one. I'll just knock the clown away with you. You're not. He's not restrained in any way. Should we just laying there on the ground? He could. Smack Bobo away, pick him up, throw him to the, throw him over the fence, whatever. Pull the balloon out, do anything. He just take takes it like a bitch and dies. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, which which sets up, to me, the worst line in the movie, in my opinion, which Bobo is saying, what kind of balloon animal are you? <laughs> You're a dying mammal. <laughs> like, I, God, do I hate it. I, it's the stupidest line. Like, these guys are trying way too hard to write, like, funny, witty stuff, and it's awful. That was bad. Yeah, it's so bad. Mammal. And he laughs like it's the funniest thing ever. So, uh, now this is where I had the, I, I want to come back to this, uh, the note you're talking about how Bo, uh, Bobo uh, and Nina's death was under the sheets and didn't look like, because uh, every close-up of Bobo during the death scene so far was basically shot in, in front of like, the same like beige background. Yeah, yeah. And the first, I, did, I first noticed, like I said, during Nina's kill, uh, when he's supposed to be under the pink sheets, but we keep seeing from this beige wall. But it's even more noticeable now here because all this is supposed to be having outdoors by a pool on a bright blue sky, nature, and really picturesque area. But all we see is Bobo in front of a beige wall, and then it cuts away to like scenes like the the actor poolside, outdoors, bright and sunny, and then back to Bobo in front of this wall. It this off like you couldn't put the clown outside to do this. Like it's how hard would that have been? Just to film him outside, um, so and also how he manages like the same thing. He used that that Drano mm. bottle and this pump, which is twice his size, is beyond me. Like it's just <laughs> the pump We're is... breaking down logistics yeah. of a twelve inch killing clown <laughs> using a pump to pump a balloon, balloon. A guy's into <laughs> a guy's mouth. <laughs> Fuck! What am I doing with my life? <laughs> So we jump to Allie, who's in her room reading some old book, which I guess is supposed to be like a grimoire or something. And she tur- she hears the sounds of Fawn getting laid through the walls. And uh, so as Allie starts thinking, like, how can I stop this? I don't want to hear this anymore. What can I do? And she settles on a transfer of emotion spell. Uh, Allie says like a little rhyme. And then she starts moaning in pleasure because I guess she can now feel what Fawn feels. So just like that, boom, boom. she can do spells. Yeah. Well, hey she, guys, guess what? She can do spells, like yeah. for real, do spells. Like real, she's the witch. She now. can really do spells. Yeah, a real. Hold on. <laughs> Before she was just the quirky, dark kind of character. Yeah. Uh, nah, she's a fucking witch. Bond the witch. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so but this works two ways now. So since she, since she wants this to stop, she use she kicks her foot up against a nightstand. And Fawn's like, ow, what was that? You're, you know, so you you now see they have this physical link between them mm-hmm. so they can feel so each other. So whatever happens to one happens the other, to the yes. other. Kind of like the twins in, from Cobra and G.I. Joe. I was about to say G.I. Joe, yes. Yeah. I wish I could, I couldn't think of their names, but it's the same Salazar thing. Salazar twins the or same, Lazar, those, yeah. something like that. God damn, those guys were cool. I love those two. The only thing you can tell them apart was one had a big scar on his face. And they wore their shoulder pads on opposite shoulders. Oh, yeah, that's they right. They had like a metal shoulder, one's on the left, the other's on the right. And they'd finish each other's sentences? Yes, and the God one had the scar. I love those two twins. I had both those twins. I loved them. They were bad. And they had like this, I, they had like the little, this like four like ATV four wheel they rode on it had like a bazooka on the side of it. It was awesome. Man, like, let's not talk about that movie. Let's talk more about G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. I'm going to dig him up right now. <laughs> so, uh, God damn. I'd rather talk about G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyway, so anyway, Allie's spell seems to work. Uh, they, they end up having, and Allie heads down the stairs as the phone rings. She answers, it's someone looking for Fawn. And Allie tells him that Fawn is busy and then bites her arm and we hear Fawn again scream out like, hey, you bit me. 
and whoever on the other is on the other end tells Allie about Dean Whitman. Uh, now, Allie is worried and surprised about this. She asks if they found anything else in the office. Um, after hearing whatever it was that she they tell her, she quickly gets off the phone, ex- like really worried now, like you know, like oh shit, something's wrong. So she heads outside and finds the dead bodies of Vicky and Richard. Up pops Bobo saying, there you are, dimple face. I've been looking everywhere for you. And so now we know that it was Allie that was banging Whitman because he called the girl mm-hmm. on the phone dimple face earlier. Yeah. Uh, Allie turns and runs back inside. Bobo follows after. Um, now, I have just another little side rant. I have to get this off my chest. It's about the sorority house again. Uh, <laughs> I've already said there's no way that this mansion would ever be a sorority house in the first place, but the movie makers... And if they're going to insist on using it, they could at least make some attempt to make it look like an actual sorority house, but they don't. They make zero effort in the fact no. there, there's no Greek letters on the house no. or inside. There's no Greek letters anywhere in this movie, which is Good bullshit. Point. Yeah. Because sor- Greek people, I was sure. Greek, sorority girls love wearing their letters. Every, you're proud of your house. You wear your letters all the time. The girls never wear them, so that's bullshit. Also, the house has no composite pictures of the, the sorority girls together, which is another big thing that lines the walls. Last of 69 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so anything that you would find in a real sorority house does not exist in this movie. Like, there's, they made no attempt to make uh, this look like a real Wherever they were house. renting this out for the day or two, they were just like, don't you fucking touch a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's basically <laughs> what happened. Uh, so anyway, Allie goes around look, locking on the doors and runs upstairs. But apparently she forgot to unlock the front door when she ran into it because Bobo just walks right in the front door as Allie just, you know, slammed it in his face but didn't lock it, and which is just fucking retarded. Uh, so she's upstairs. She knocks on Fawn's door. We, Fawn's still getting laid, but yells at, I'm, she's like, I'm, 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 I'm packing. So instead of coming, mm-hmm. so they like, whatever. Uh-huh. She tries to get an open door. Mark's like, go get somebody else. We, you know, we're busy. So she goes to Nina's room, finds Nina dead in the bed, rushes to the bathroom and sees the pool of blood on the bot and the bottle of Drainy, which is another continuity we've already talked about. Because it wasn't Rich- there before. Yeah, when Richard entered yeah. the very same bathroom, all that was gone. It was cleaned up, nothing there. <sighs> but now the blood and the bottle are back. But it, nobody. Nobody's still there. <laughs> like, er, uh, Kitty's like, I gotta go. I ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> Maybe she didn't die. Maybe she's like, oh, gross. I got to wash this out. Ew. Yeah. yeah maybe I can't she go to the die. hospital. Yeah. yeah. Get my stomach pumped. Uh, so Allie races back to Fawn's room, bangs on the door, telling them that everyone's dead. They finally open the door, which is great, because now I have to fucking listen to Marcus talk some more. And he's in his underwear. Yeah, he's in his, oh, he's so dreamy. He's so dreamy. <laughs> he has the stupidest tattoo. He's got a tattoo of, like, angel wings on his arm, and it says chick down the middle of it. Not Chico or Chic, just Chick. C H I C. Are you sure it's a Chic? Or maybe he spelled it wrong. It may be, but it's, it was Chick. I'm like, really? It's like, it's like Angel Wings might just put the word girl down your side or something. Like, it was really weird. It was odd. So, or maybe things he likes, like dick. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I tried to make a joke. Uh, so, uh. Allie fills in what happened. Marcus wants to see the bodies of proof. So, he, Allie tells him where they are. He goes off to look for him. Uh, while he's gone, he she tells him that Katie's Kitty's still in the bath, but we know that's not true because the body's fucking disappeared a long time ago. <laughs> right. uh, so Allie tells Fawn about Whitman that he killed himself, and now that his spirit is transferred to this Bobo doll. And Marcus <laughs> has come back at this point. Marcus doesn't buy into this transference thing, 
So I tell them the transfer spell work and she can prove it. She can prove it. So I what does she do? Okay. Now you it makes sense if she's like pinched her arm or slapped herself. Or slapped herself in the face. No. Allie does the most insane thing possible. She takes off running full speed down the hall and runs head first into the fucking wall, knocking herself out cold. Fawn, of course, feels this pain, proving the point, but why would I'm, you do that? Why would, yeah. It, 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 You've it, already bitten yourself, kicked your foot. You know, you could do something small yeah. that she would feel but, that she'd know. Instead, you run head first as fast as you can, smashing your head into the wall. Knocking yourself out, which my note here was that, which Wouldn't makes that, yourself yeah. it makes yourself helpless while there's a killer clowned out who slaughtered all your stories <laughs> in the house, but you're going to knock yourself unconscious and just make yourself, make, you know, making yourself easy game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, Fawn and Marcus are staying over Allie. They're talking, and they, they one thing that's when they start thinking that Allie's the killer, and she's killed everyone, not the twelve-inch clown doll. So they decide to lock Allie in her bedroom, which again is wrong and pissing <laughs> off because it wouldn't work because any bedroom or bathroom door, yes, they lock, but they lock from the inside. Right. She could so even if you lock just the door, the close, door. She open it right up and come out. This is not like an old, <laughs> old, old crazy house that has right. like keys or a skeleton right. key. She just opens the or door. Or is that a padlock on the outside no! or anything? No, it's Jesus. the stupidest thing. It's like, God oh. damn it. <laughs> 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 so the two of them head downstairs to call for help, but of course the phone and lines this, are dead. This is what this also bothered me too, is that they said, okay, who do you think's the killer? The person who's the crazy voodoo nut job who's discovered all the bodies or this made-up 12-inch doll. So they pretty much said there's no such thing. This, yeah. this doll thing's ridiculous. It's obviously Allie. She's the killer. Yes. They've, they've quote unquote, locked her in her room. Yeah. And now you think they'd be like, okay, she's locked in her room. We can now nonchalantly walk around and get a phone. And what They're running around like there's still a murderer on the loose, even though they just said to themselves, she's the murderer. Why are they running around all frantic and being crazy? I, I didn't think about that, but you, it's you know, so that, weird. That, that I was like, I was like, that, that. that doesn't make sense. You know, this is like false sense of urgency when you've already caught what you th- think is the killer. Yeah, that's a uh, you know, I, I I didn't think about that. But there, that is there's a there's some validity to that. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's it's it it doesn't make sense. So they, they enter the kitchen where they find their cell phones in soaking in a pot of water, so they're supposed to be ruined. In comes Bobo saying, now the fun really begins. He picks up a cream pie, which just happens to be sitting on the counter. But now I have to stop here and take a breath because (laughs) what happens next is so utterly ridiculous. It's almost beyond work. It's Bobo throws the pie at Marcus, hitting him directly in the face with such force and power that it sends Marcus, who's like, he's like six something and like, He's in shape, you know, pretty good sized guy. He's about 180, 190. Yeah, flying to the floor. And when they show Marcus, he is now covered in blood. Blood is pouring out from underneath the pie pan and down his chest. Fawn rushes over to him, trying to help him up, saying, Come on, it was just a pie. I couldn't have heard that much. Bobo chimes in, saying, That ain't cherry. Fawn goes to remove the tin pan, the pie tin. Which seems to be stuck to his face. She's eventually able to peel it off. And we see that the bottom of the pie tin is lined with spikes. Spikes. And then 
Bobo makes another very dated 90s reference, late 90s reference, saying, hey, it's the first time a guy's been screwed by a pie. Which is an obvious reference to Amer- Jason Biggs fucking the apple pie in American Pie. Oh, yeah. So we have two late, again, it's really <laughs> odd. Like, you're making such dated references. That's the first time a pie screwed a guy instead of a guy screwing a pie. You know, that's the yeah. joke there. Um, so here's what I'm thinking at this point. That I think this movie was actually written way back in the late 90s, very early 2000s. And then it just sat on the shelf for years and years until it was finally made. But they just never went back and updated like the references or the script. And it's like we're just gonna shoot it as is. You might be onto something there because that's the only because two late nineties references that are really outdated that not everybody is gonna get. It's like the younger, I don't know how many people like fifteen, sixteen, or you know eighteen nowadays are that familiar with American. Maybe the Britney Spears one because music kind of trans passage, but. American Pie is very dated now. Yeah, like it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't not think like, a lot of people are watching it anymore. Like, oh, let's watch it. Even though we had a st- we mentioned Stifler already once yeah. before. But that but, kid, that's that was our generation. Well, we, yeah, we graduated in '98, and that's when the movie came out, I believe. '99. Yeah, '99. Yeah, '99. So yeah, right, right at the end of the college, right at the beginning of college, end of high school. Yeah. You know, right at that target demographic, which is exactly the type of people who should be watching this, this movie. movie. Right, but the people watching this movie now were like. What uh, barely might not have been born yet when right, that movie came right. out. So or it's just been born. Just been born. Yeah. So anyway, which makes sense because yeah, because you just said Britney Spears' song is nineteen years old, so yeah. they would be just being born. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Fawn flees, runs up the stairs. Bobo gives chase and even manages to briefly trip her on the stairs, but she gets away, runs into Allie's room, which. It's supposed to be locked, locked. <laughs> but she runs right in. <laughs> so Allie is awake, and the two of them talk for a while about what's happening. Um, Allie says that she can use her spells to stop Bobo Roberts, and also, you know, uh, lets it slide that this is all her fault in like this weird roundabout way. And a pissed off Fawn demands to know why and how. You know. Give me the background. I want the whole story. So here it all comes kind of full This circle. is where we start getting a lot of backstory, a lot of talking. Uh, Allie tries to argue they don't have time for this, but Vaughn's like, no, we have time for this. So that's a very strong door and a very tiny clown, a very tiny doll. You're telling, you're spilling the beans. So we, the backstory we get as Allie goes into story mode is basically, she says that this all started last fall when Allie first pledged the house. And there's a prank where they stole Dean Whitman's car. Now, apparently, Whitman became suspicious of their house, and that's what led him to start harassing Fawn and giving her a hard time. So I'm guessing Fawn is maybe supposed to be like the president or some, you know, some somebody Syria or yeah. the or the pledge the person charged of pledge ships and and Rush and all that, but more likely maybe the president. Um, so now according to Allie. She cast a tiny infatuation spell on herself, which led to Allie and Whitman's affair that had been going on for the last three months. So Allie then goes on to say that it was fun for a while, especially since the dean could alter transcripts and change grades, but it got old and she started developing feelings for somebody else. Now, she also goes on to say that Fawn, tell Fawn that she ended the relationship yesterday, but breaking with someone under a lush spell can be difficult. And like I said, this goes on for a while. She explains that Bobo Dow, what the Dow was originally for and what was supposed to happen. So it breaks down like this. 
The Bobo Dow and the transference spell cast on it were supposed to transfer Whitman's emotional attachment to, from Allie to the Dow or break it off. Now, according to Allie, it would have taken about 10 minutes for, this, for that to be complete. Basically a filter. Yeah. After she broke up with him, it would be, be you know, after she the, broke up with him, it would take 10 minutes for the whole thing to process the work. But he didn't wait that long before he killed himself. And she said that lust can easily turn to rage. So when Whitman shot himself in that 10-minute window, his emotional state along with his spirit bound to the Tao. And that's not all. <laughs> Allie also comes up with a theory that Whitman kills when he is aroused because, again, his lust then turns to a blood rage. And she cites the examples of Kitty naked in the tub, Nina masturbating, and Vicky and Richard were making out right before they were all killed. Fawn blames Allie for all this, saying that she he didn't, you know, she didn't uh, saying that if she didn't fall for this cliff guy, none of this would have happened. Uh, they confess that there was never a cliff to begin with, that she is in love with, with Fawn, Fawn. Which oh. is obvious. There's no surprise there. She tells Fawn that she fell for the first time she saw her, and that Fawn is the whole reason she even joined the story in the first place. Allie also goes on to say that the whole reason she cast a lust spell on Whitman in the first place was to help her. Was to protect her. Was to protect Allie. So Allie just wanted to get him off of Fawn's back. Still going on, Allie goes on to say that, she, that she, the sex spells are the only thing she's good at and tells Fawn that she is, uh, that she is beyond the, er, that, okay, let me start over. Allie is, tells Fawn that she is behind her Fawn's Erotic dreams and Fawn having like these random spontaneous orgasms that Fawn's been having, <laughs> as well as turning Nina from a workaholic to a sexaholic because all she did was study, study, study. So she opened Nina's eyes and increased her libido. <sighs> Jesus, it, it, there's so much backstory. At they this, really cram a lot of story into it, about t- like a five, ten minute window. Yeah. Like, they cram but it's, a lot but it's, in. This is what ex- finally explains it, everything. Yeah, so it's, it, it, it's the one thing that's important to what plot there is to this movie. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, Fawn's like, I'm done. That's enough. Uh, she calls Allie a sexual predator, tries to calm her down. But Allie's like, hey, I'll calm down. She starts, Allie starts touching her own boob, which then makes her, you know, Fawn feel like somebody's touching her boobs and trying to, like, hey, this feels nice, right? <laughs> which is kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Fawn fights off the pleasurable sensations, runs out of the room saying she'd be better off with the killer clown doll. Allie goes after her, begging her to come back to where it's safe so they can figure out how to break the spell. Not wanting anything to do with Allie, Fawn just rushes down the stairs. And now they end, she ends up in like this workout slash game room where she comes face to face with Bobo who is now holding a knife. And holy shit does this knife look shitty. I swear, I think it's just like a wooden knife that is painted really, really poorly. And mind you, it's about the size of a parasol. Um, I think the knife from a Clue game would be more intimidating than this knife. This thing was <laughs> tiny. So tiny. It's this tiny knife that fits in the hand perfectly. If perfectly. It's well. So it's about an inch. Yeah. Maybe. And that's being generous. Yeah. Uh, Allie comes rushing in telling Bobo to leave her alone. Bobo says that once Fawn's dead, that nothing will come between their love. Um, at this point, though, I won't actually want to play the following dialogue exchange between the three of them because uh, I hate to kind of say it, but I actually like it, and it will come across better if you just like you know hear it than if I try to you know uh, recreate or explain it. So uh, it's maybe about a minute long, but you know just enjoy it. Let her rip. You're alone, you bastard. You're mine, baby, and I'm not gonna let this talk get between our love. If you kill her, I will never forgive you, and we are officially over. 
I thought you said we were already over. I was just, I was testing you to, to see how far you'd go for our love. I killed myself and came back as a clown. Is that proof enough? Yeah, it is. So, so just drop the knife and I'll let you stick me with something else. No! Ew! If he sticks you, he sticks me. Well, that is quite a twisted three-way girl, girl, clown doll. <laughs> Kiki. We have a problem here. The clown doll is exactly equipped with all the mm, proper accessories. Well, you're about 12 inches now. I, I can work with that. You keep your perverted fetishes away from me. Yeah, so that's kind of like I don't know. I just like that exchange. I think it's fun. It's, I, it's pretty funny. I like it's, the way they the girls commit to this bit. Like they, yeah, they, the seriousness the, that they did. But they, they seriously commit to it, but in such a tongue in cheek way that I don't know. I liked it. I found it. I found it entertaining. And 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 while we were listening to it, Marshall's mentioning he's like, yeah, you can definitely hear the Friday Thirteenth like influence in the music. Yeah, that dun just da. Yeah, it's like peak. in that little. Like, in the background, yeah. God, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but you know, it's it definitely you can definitely hear it, yeah. and that is the strongest part of the movie is this is the sound, this is the music, the music, the score. The score. Um, yeah, I and mean, that's that's a great point. Um, so right after that clip ends, uh, Bobo throws the tiny little knife at Allie, oh hits her God. square in the chest, like right in the heart. No, it's not. <laughs> Fawn, it's too late. Is it to it? I thought it was supposed to be like misses her. Heart. I think she kept moving her hand around because yeah, she's trying to hold this little holding thing. this tiny thing. <laughs> so Fawn is supposed to feel this pain too, and in a dying breath, Allie says to Fawn, "I'll always love you," uh, which makes this death scene. And what makes this thing so damn funny is that Allie is trying to hold this tiny knife to make it look like a stick. It's supposed to be out of her chest or heart, but she keeps her hand keeps kind of moving <laughs> spots. And also, keep in mind the knife is is. So short, it's about the size of a toothpick. And when Ali collapses and goes limp, so does the knife. I mean, seriously, the knife handle goes limp like it's made from taffy or something. You see it just Is flop. this supposed to be a gag death? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's got to be a gag death. because it's... I thought so too. I'm like, okay, she's, not, she's playing dead. She's yeah. going to come back. I thought the same thing. But it's because it's a fucking tiny, tiny... It wouldn't even pierce the skin, Tiny. let alone the sternum or the bone. To and if, get, it, if it went all the way in, guess what? You'd be like, fuck, that hurts so bad. It's Ow. like a large splinter. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I agree. It, it, to me, it's the worst. It, it, we all say every time that's the worst death, but that's pretty damn bad. Um, so once Allie is dead, Fawn no longer feels feels her pain, and like the spell is broken. So now Fawn and Bobo have this exchange. I also really like that I, I record. I want to play for you guys because I like this one too. You really like this part. I huh? did like this part. This is probably my best favorite part of the movie. So uh, this one's not as long, but I still think it's enjoyable. Uh, so, so take a listen. You, you're the one behind all of this. She ruined my life because of you. No. She never loved me. She was only using me to get to you. No, I never loved her. She was crazy. So you're saying I died for no reason whatsoever? I, I, no one ever asked you to kill yourself or come back as a clown and murder six people. You cannot blame this on me. I can do anything I want. I'm a 12-inch killer clown doll with no genitals and a huge sex drive. That would drive anyone psychotic. That is a valid argument. 
You're dead, sister. I'm Bubble the Clown. Let's play. No. So, yeah, there's that one. And I just, like, I just like, again, I like the way that when you start listening to this dialogue, it's like, it's so ridiculous, but they're committing in such a way that they're like, we know this is bad and tongue in cheek, but we're making, you know, they're taking it the right amount of seriousness. Eric Roberts is actually kind of nailing, nailing it. Nailing yeah, it. That far nailing it. Like, I love, like, I'm a tiny 12 inch dial with a huge sex drive and no chat tell you. It's driving me insane. And she's like, yeah, that is a valid point. Yep. <laughs> so. so there's good, it's, it's pretty funny. It's yeah. a pretty good scene. It's not bad, but man, it really fucking hammers me and makes me upset that. You have this fucking shitty doll that's not moving its lips or doing no, the anything, lips move. Yeah. nothing, and it's just this inanimate object that's having this sweet dialogue. It's like, god damn it, you know, it just gets lost. It, it just, I think it could have been something, or I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. It, uh, it would have been more. I, I just fuck. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll get into it. So. Fawn runs out into the hallway, slamming the door behind her. But instead of continuing to run down the hallway for help, she slows down. She slows to a creep. She starts creeping down the hallway like she doesn't know where Bobo the killer clown is. It's behind you, bitch. Even though you're fucking kidding me because you just closed the door in his face right behind you. Bitch, you know where he is. <laughs> just run. So Bobo opens the door. Fawn hides, Somehow. like, yeah, and because he can't reach the door now, but he just magically opens doors. Um, she hides, like, the side room behind a bookcase, which seems to work because Bobo does pass her by. Uh, she, she sneaks up and heads up the stairs, but is coughed by Bobo, who's now at the top of the stairs, and sprays her with a whole can of silly string, just slowing down a little bit. Like, to, again, this is just adding... To which she acts like is... Pretty intense. Yeah, you know. like oh, I'm like oh, is this gonna be acidic silly string I or something? Sam, like, like, what is this? Yeah. No, it's just regular silly, silly string. string. Yeah. Um. So she enters. Now she enters the kitchen again. Again, I don't know. Like the kitchen's on the second floor, but they right? go up and downstairs. Yeah. But, like, you, yeah. The are there two? Are there two kitchens? Yeah. Here? It's like there's where. How, what is the setup of this? Because house? I'm like I'm like okay, we're going back to the kitchen. Where's Michael's dead body? Or yeah, yeah I mean, what's going on? No, are we on? Is this a second kitchen? Yeah. Well, it can't be the second kitchen because we'll talk about it later. But god damn. Yeah. So it, it that's confusing. Um. So she hides behind like the island and she grabs like this large pot that's sitting on the floor, which is just sitting on sitting the floor because everybody no keeps reason. their pots on the floor. <laughs> and then she springs up something from behind the island and like slams the pot upside down on the counter because she thinks she has Bobo trapped under it, which is really weird because. There's, there's no, no there's no indication that you don't hear him walking on the counter. You don't hear, she, she's just hiding all of a sudden. Bam! I got you. Yeah. I was like, it does not make any sense. <laughs> what do you got? You have huh? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and but she quickly finds out she's wrong because Bobo leaps up onto her shoulder, holding a large Michael Myers style kitchen knife to her neck. Fawn begs for her life at first, but then she's like, you know what? I got an idea. She starts to seduce Bobo. She tells him that she can do more for him. She can do the same things that Allie could do and only much, much more. Uh, and she goes on to talk about how she's always had a secret, like, secret sex fantasies about clowns and how she thinks all kinds of giant dicks and all this because stuff. Because they got big old flappy shoes. And big old baggy pants so the kids don't see their giant schlong <laughs> flopping around. Um, this leads to some a, a lot of pun-filled, dirty talk. Uh, Fawn offers to wash Bobo so she can get all the blood and dirt off of him and like seduce him with a rubdown or something. So Bobo lets down his guard. She takes a knife from him, sets it on the counter. 
and carries him over to the sink where he she begins to sensually like wash him under the uh, under the faucet. And after a few moments of this, she suddenly flips. She flips him upside down and shoves him headfirst into the garbage disposal. Bobo screams as blood sprays out everywhere. All Far, over her. Her face. face is covered. The I mean, camera's shaking all crazy. Which she's I found screaming. odd because he's a doll. Why does a doll have blood in the first place? I don't know, but she's screaming. She's like, ah! Yeah, she's like, ha-ha! Like, go to hell! Who's this? Who's laughing now? Ha! And it's just spraying blood all over oh, her face. The camera's drenched. shaking. And then it just, she's showing him further, further down the disposal, and it's just, boom, blackout, roll, roll credits. credits. It's the most abrupt ending. <laughs> like... I asked when I started seeing the blood from like oh shit are they getting, I was thinking like there's gonna be a post credit scene or something from like where now Roberts was possessing uh, Fawn because that's how the blood transferred onto the Dow and the spell was never oh, the yeah. spell was never really broken by Allie that that, that his blood transferred into go to Allie I thought like oh that I'd actually be okay with that like, that'd be yeah kinda that'd be kind of cool. cool yeah but it just ends abruptly nope. and we oh, don't, we're we're done yeah we're done. <laughs> We're done. Uh, so yeah, that's sorority slaughterhouse. Uh, let's move on to favorite kills. There can be only one favorite kill. Now there are only six girls murdered, or six people murdered, and but which is you, a good amount, a decent amount. But it's just they're all. But you also yeah, you have the D Whitman suicide and then the Dow getting killed at the end. Oh so, my god. Uh yeah, it's basically. <sighs> <laughs> uh, best answer ever uh, what, what do you got Aaron? so my favorite death is Bobo because that's the end of the fucking movie <sighs> that's it okay uh, I was actually you were trying, I was actually but, at one I point mean, to, to, to also just to piggyback off of that uh, it was the most visceral. I mean, she's screaming. She, he's, it, it's, there's blood flying on it. She's like, ah, the camera shake. It's like intense. It's ah. So that was my favorite one. But yes, it was the end of the movie. <laughs> favorite kill. All right, I will get. It's definitely the bloodiest. Like, there's not a whole lot of blood in this movie. Um, now originally I was gonna say Nina because she was one of my favorite characters, and I just like it was funny. You know, it, it was very similar. To, again, we go back to uh, Killer Eye Halloween Haunt, which was done much better. But the eye goes yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, God, I can't remember the character's I name remember. or that one, but um, so yeah, um, but and it's kind of again they all suck. So basically, I'm just gonna go with my favorite kill, even though they all suck. Uh, Marcus pie face, just because Marcus finally died and I hated him so much. <laughs> Poor Marcus, I fucking hate Marcus. <laughs> so Marcus getting killed was my favorite kill. Marcus would be the type of guy's like, "Hey, Marshall, how's it going, buddy? Good to see you. How's everything been?" And you're like, "Fuck you, Marcus." Like, <laughs> Okay, that's cool. I, I deserve he's not, that. He's not that chill. He's not like he's not like a, he's not like RVD chill or anything like that. He's he's like he's creepy pervy chill. Uh, every like line, creepy pervy chill. Every line he's saying is he's like he's trying to be smooth, talking his way into Fawn's pants. So like, hey, every, Marshall, how you doing? You like, got a nice ass, Marshall. That's yeah. exactly what it'd be. They'd be like, Marcus, get away. You're not you're not fucking me tonight, Marcus. Get away. I'm not fucking you either. Go away. Like I, I yeah I. I don't like Mark. <laughs> anyway, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to uh, the uh, odds and ends for this one. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh, what is wrong with these guys? Starting off with our ratings, IMDb gives it 3.9 out of 10, so nearly 4. 
Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, there is zero Tomometer score, which is no surprise. But there's also no audience score yet. So Rotten Tomatoes is a completely blank slate for this movie. Well, it still is a newer. It's still newer, relatively new. Yeah. yeah. And Amazon, three out of five. That was about to say. Yeah. So no, surpri- no surprise. Uh, plot keywords, again, only nine. So I just wrote them all down. Uh, sorority House, Blood, Strangulation, Voodoo Doll, Independent Film, Suicide, Blood Splatter, Lesbian, and Lesbian Kiss. Wait. That's all of them. That's all. Not that's all of them from the, the entire movie. That's all that's listed. No clown. No clown. That's really strange. Yep. They put voodoo doll, which again, like let's go back to that. Uh, the voodoo doll, like I said, never comes into play. Like who? Like, it's a voodoo doll of a clown that has nothing to do with being an actual voodoo doll, right? Like this, it, it, if it if this wasn't a clown that she alley game, if it, it was it like, been Mickey Mouse, it could be a Mickey Mouse yeah. that came to life, or fucking like GI Joe. It could be right, a GI right. Joe. Could be Cobra Commander that came back to sure. life. It doesn't matter. So the voodoo part had absolutely nothing to do with it. They just tried to build it up like it was going to be a big deal, and then nothing ever comes of it. Unless Plus, I don't know many unless, voodoo dolls who talk. Unless since it was made by voodoo people, the blood splattered under this rage. It was able to absorb. No, because that's Eric what Ali, That's why Ali explains it. It yeah, has nothing yeah, to do with yeah. the voodoo. I it's Ali's spell. I tried. Yeah, I, I, that's what I thought. Like, okay, the voodoo, but yeah. Ali explains all the ways. So the whole the way, voodoo thing yeah. is nothing to do with the movie. Uh, trivia: There's only two things, and one of them I got from the credits is that it was filmed on location in Calabasas, California. Um. <laughs> Now that's trivia. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I'm stretching. There was yeah, like nothing. Yeah. So if you want to know, because we were also talking about, you know, the uh, the, the the beach that they kept showing. Yeah, and, like Calabasas is not that. Yeah, beach. yeah. Um, so the screenplay for now, I was somewhat close about. I still could be more right about this, but apparently, this screenplay for this film was featured in the 2011 Blacklist, which is a list of the most liked unmade scripts of the year. Ooh. So in 2011, it was one of the most uh, like unmade scripts, so I could still be right. Like that was just 2000. So, it could have been. It still could be sure, written because people and not, were reading it and, and like, not oh, add like to it. a list all the yeah, way to 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it got passed around. But quite the fact a bit. that it made a list of most liked scripts kind of scares me. But the dialogue isn't bad. You even said yourself no, the, at yeah, certain the, times. Yeah, like the actor's dialogue, mm-hmm. I, except Marcus, isn't bad. I, every line he says, I hate. But everybody else, is, Bobo's lines get on my fucking nerves a lot. But but yeah, over they, yeah. But killers, I mean, a fucking killer monster, little doll thing is going to gotta have some puns. Yeah, yeah. I, I get. Not you. all of them are going to be gold. Yeah, I get you. In the movie like this, you have. I mean, you look at every like Leprechaun, Chucky, had, Chuck. The odd puns when there's you mm-hmm. have diminutive killers. You have to. Um, so that, that's all I could get for trivia this this week, um, but that does lead us to this week's budget game. Oh shit! They spent how much? The budget game. Oh, that's right. Oh shit for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Aaron. What is your guess for the budget of Sorority Slaughterhouse? All right, you got Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. Eric. And- He's he's done some he's got a re, little resurgence going on. I mean, he did the Batman trilogy movies. He was you know Falcone in those. Uh, he was in you know The Expendables, which was a major blockbuster movie as well. Uh, you know he's also got big line of work behind him, so he doesn't come cheap, or does he? Because he's done some shitty movies he too. Did Camp Dread, exactly, and this. <laughs> so okay, so I'm gonna and but, Haunted Hollywood. <laughs> I'm gonna say he probably did one day's worth of work. 
in this movie. A filming on screen, yeah, but and all those lines that no, I bet it was. It took him one day. I bet it took him one day to do all that stuff. So you're not. He's not demanding that much money. That's the way I'm thinking about it. The rental or the mansion or it's because that's a fucking huge thing. <sighs> the actors. <coughs> The 36-year-old sorority babe, <laughs> she's been in a lot of stuff, so she probably demanded a little bit of money, too. I'm going to go, there's no special effects, $150,000. $150,000, Aaron's guess. Survey says, you're wrong. Well, Budget for this movie, $1 million. Oh. <laughs> Sink your teeth into that. <laughs> This movie cost a million dollars to make, and it's, I swear, I think almost all that budget went to Eric Roberts' salary, getting Henry Manfredi, or Manfredi, whatever his name is, oh, to, do the, about him. to do the music and the rental of the goddamn house. <laughs> God damn it. Because <laughs> they certainly didn't put it into special effects or animation or anything we like need that. need to stop talking to independent movie makers because they seem to make some magic out of nothing. And then you got people who can blow their wad on this piece of shit. Like, but this is technically, you know, it's an independent movie. Technically. Well, yeah, but I mean, all through the house. I mean, they, they did it with oh, nothing. And that, that, that's just... And that was fantastic. Keep going back to that one. Same thing with Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. Same thing, you know, it was made on a shoestring budget and they fucking crushed it. You know, I mean, and uh, even Clown Camp, uh, Clown Camp. Yeah, Clown Camp. Clown Camp, yeah. Massacre, Clown Camp Massacre. That was, a, again, very low budget, but they fucking crushed it. Fuck. <laughs> God damn. I get, I, a I million also, dollars? I think, I, I would say, because, again, when, the movies that you talk about, uh, with the exception of All Through the House, Clown Camp and Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, um, yeah, their locations they, they, were free. Not the location. I'm talking about if you look at the film quality. This look, this was like high quality sure, digital. Yeah. So they probably spent a lot of money on the cameras and the equipment, whereas the other ones not so much because you can definitely tell there's a picture, major picture quality difference. There is, there is. But I was also thinking about maybe the advancement of the technology because this was made in 2016, and while the cameras are great, I don't know if they would still cost as much because I mean the technology's kind of caught up. Bible Camp and Clown Camp weren't made like the eighties or nineties. They were true, still true. mid the like two thousand ten up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not yeah. that much difference. Uh but oh, yeah. Fuck, so man. Jesus. One million dollars for this movie. <laughs> Holy God damn it. I feel like there's so much more you could have done with with a million dollars. Yeah. I agree. And you had a fucking stationary clown that you're wiggling back and forth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where that money? Like, there needs to be an investigation. <laughs> okay, investigation. There's, there's some money laundering going <laughs> on there. Their hand in the pot. <laughs> there is some money laundering. There's some fucking coke dealer who's like, man, I need to launder this money. Guess what? This movie's going to cost a uh, quote unquote a million dollars. It made it for fucking eighty. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, all this money that I spent it, and then he just repockets it. He's like, oh, it's clean now. Yeah. He just, Found a way to launder his money. Fuck. Right. That's hey, I, I, I'm sticking to it. You're sticking That's to it. That's my story. All right. Uh, let's move on to five star reviews. These special movies have a place in these special people's hearts. Five star reviews. Now, there's only one five star review on Amazon for this uh, from Gerard 
who just says, nice, five stars. <laughs> no, no, no. I bet I didn't even watch it. <laughs> no, you're just like, you know, sorority slaughterhouse, nice, so, five stars. So since I can't just leave it at that, I did go down to the four-star review, which there were four of those. Uh, the best one being from B. Wazden. If you're a fan of horror movies that are more funny than scary, then Sorority Slaughterhouse might be up your alley. There's not a scare to be found in this movie, but plenty of laughs and eye candy. No nudity, but there are women in bikinis. I also must note that while most of they, the director's shit, uh, recent movies are homoerotic in nature, this is, oh, this is where I got that bit from. This is not it. This one is aimed at heterosexual males, I think. <laughs> There's even a lesbian kiss. My favorite actress in this movie is Jessica Morris. She looks a lot like Jenna Jameson when she was younger. Four stars. <laughs> <What>? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I love this movie because it looks like this girl look, this girl looks like a porn star when she was younger. <sighs> really weird. Um and I beg to differ. Jenna Jameson was a little thicker when she was younger. And fucking smoke shit yeah. too. I'm not saying Jessica Morris isn't pretty at all. She's skinny, but doesn't look like she's, Jenna she Jameson. was not Jenna, Jenna Jameson like because Jenna Jameson was all tits and ass. She she had like the proper thickness to her and yeah, all the way. Yeah. And porn Allie star Jen, thick, yeah. Porn star thick. And Jennifer Morris is really she's an attractive girl, but she's not she's slim. She's, she's real closer skinny. to Jenna Jenna Jenna, Jenna, ugh, Jenna Jameson now. Yeah. Where she's like anorexic and skeletal looking, scary. Only she's not that far. She, right, she, right, right. Anyway, um, moving on. One star reviews. Now forty percent of the reviews were one star reviews. Uh, but only one person actually wrote anything. From John M. Woodson, Sidney writes, bad. One star. Amen. Now, this one I got from, I, I think I got this from off of IMDb. And this was written on January 7th of 2017 from Krill Lamp. And it's entitled, So Lame. <laughs> That's that's titles. Lamey? Well, it's lame, lame, but he has like three E's. So, so you had to add the E on there? <laughs> Lamey. <laughs> so Krill Lamp? Krill Lamp. Okay, Krill Lamp. And this is really recent too, January of this year. Um, so this movie is so was so bad that I ended up browsing through it. I did not want to sacrifice a full eighty five minutes of my life that I would never be able to redeem again. I thought that the Amityville theater was bad, but I think this took the cake. I failed to see how it could even come close to costing a million bucks to make. Right? The clown doll was just a joke. If you want to see a realistic evil doll, then do yourself a big favor and watch Child's Play, which was made back in the 80s when special effects were nowhere near as good as they are today. I'm surprised Eric Roberts was part of this garbage fest. He must really be battling financially to stoop to this level. <laughs> you should only watch this movie if you are forced with forced it with a gun to your head. No pun intended. Watch Child's Play instead. It's a far superior movie. Thank you, Krill Lamp. You pretty much summoned summed everything up perfectly to what I was thinking. Except I had to watch this movie for the podcast <laughs> of my own free will. But God it, damn here's it. my thing, though. I I wouldn't necessarily say this is more related to child's play. I don't think it... I would well, say I mean, it's, it's close to me, this... it's close to more like... I would almost say, I mean, maybe like a puppet master... Or really, like even like really like I say, it's more like Ginger Dead Man, because you have like somebody's spirit being transferred into an inanimate object coming to life, and that's exactly what happened in Child's Play, though. Yeah, but it's and it's a doll. It's It's cut from you got to admit, it's cut from the same cloth. It really is. 
I I see, get it, yes, but to me it's closer. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's quite just, insurance play esque. Like I wouldn't make that. I'd say it's more ginger dead man esque than child's play. Okay, but still, I mean, they're still all the same kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, killer's body or some maniac's you know spirit or something, but child's play is, yeah, is okay. caught up in an inanimate object. But didn't he? Maybe I'm wrong. I'll lose some coverage. But didn't in child's play? Didn't he do it in, on purpose to transfer his spirit in there temporarily because he's like on a manhunt for this guy and he's trying to get away from the law. Well, he was going to get caught. Yeah, so he transferred his soul in there temporarily until he get a new body. Whereas in, That's true. Whereas this one, it was accidental, and in Ginger Dead Man, it was also accidental. It was not on purpose. Semantics. All right. But yeah, but I, I hear what you're saying, but I still think there's a there, it's a, it's valid. Okay. All right. Um, that no, that's it then. Uh, we're gonna we'll wrap up our final thoughts. Our, our we'll break this down and give us our final recommendations here, Aaron. I, obviously, I've forgotten what you, where I know what you're going to say, but, you know, take it away. Okay, well, you know, it just, the script itself, my favorite parts were the dialogue. My favorite parts were the talking. You know, like, it wasn't that bad. The actors and actresses weren't that bad. They played what, they did well with what they had. They explained part, you know, they, they had some mystery up front, and they explained it in that, that, part in the bedroom between Allie and uh, Fawn. It was, it had potential and it was all fucking crushed and ruined by the lack of effects, the shitty, shitty doll. It was so crappy. And you had Eric Roberts fucking (laughs) nailing it, hammering it. So bad, scary. It could have been Okay. It could have been okay, but man, I just could not get past the shit that was that doll. Okay, like it enough. wasn't funny, or it if, if it was trying to be funny, like oh look, we're look how silly we're being. We're just having this crappy inanimate. They fucking ruined it. They just awful. Okay. Um, I'm actually the opposite side. I say so bad it's good. Oh. And I am, I surprised myself with that because I thought going into this movie, oh, it's going to be awful. Uh, oh. I hate Marcus. I hate Marcus. I made that abundantly clear. But like you said, the script is decent. The right, the actors did really good with what they had to work with. I think they did a great job of finding that, that fine line between, you know, cheesy and, and tongue in cheek without making it like, too serious or 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 Mm. too over the top i think it was they walked that line very well uh i enjoyed i don't know i it is bad like the doll is awful but there's some like eric roberts does i do get a little tired of some of the puns all the time but Mm -hmm. it is like you said this time movie is to be expected but he does do a really good job i mean just like nick nolte nailed in ginger dead man with this uh i and he said, the more I got into the movie, the more I started liking it because, like, the stuff with Ali and Fawn and the dialogue there, it's, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's worth a watch because I'm laughing because the effects are so, so bad, but they're laughable bad where you can, like, you can almost laugh it away if in the right environment, in the right setting. You can just enjoy the shit. I, I, I get it. that, trying to laugh away because it's like, oh, look how bad it is, but. I couldn't, I just, I, it didn't hit me that I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> you know? I mean, <laughs> give it a little effort, 
You know, like Ginger Dead Man. They gave that guy, like, the sh- effects were shitty, but, like, they were fun shitty. I don't think... This G- was just shit. <laughs> no one think, wants I to enjoy that. I don't think Ginger Dead Man's mouth moved either. Yeah, it did. Did it? He, he had some moments where okay. he, you know... He but there's would, also a moment in time him. where he's standing perfectly still, and you well, see the guy hold the hand <laughs> of the guy holding the gun for the Ginger Dead Man. But you can also <laughs> see him running and doing things. It's like, they use computer graphics the right way at certain times. You know, it just... God damn, this thing sucks so bad. <laughs> Whereas, but I, I, I'm overlooking the shitty effects. I'm enjoying it for the writing and the, the actor's portrayal, who I think do a good job. I do think it's worth at least a watch uh, for at least a joke or just the, no. the fun time. No. We're totally split on this. So basically, no. who do you like better, me or Eric? Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> No, just yeah, make up your own mind on this if you if you ever watch it. But Don't. I say so bad it's good. He says so bad it's scary. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> so that's going to wrap us up for this week. Uh, Aaron ne- uh, will be gone next week, but I do have a fill-in for him, so I'm gonna have go no get, fear. going to go get myself a Rocky Mountain High. Yeah, he is. I'm jealous. Uh, no. go- going up to the Never Slopes. Going to uh, go hit, hit up Denver and take advantage of their liberal laws up there. <laughs> liberal laws. You know? Uh, so I will be back. I will have a fill-in. Uh, I will have a guest back with us. Uh, so in the meantime, remember, you know, follow us on Facebook, all the other social medias, uh, Instagram, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, uh, our, our website, website. horrorpodcast.com. Thank you. Uh, we're also, you know, you can get the episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, our website. All of it's free. Check it out. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. In the meantime, watch more horror movies and always keep it tight. But don't watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs>